You are listening to Curious Cat, the podcast that examines the shadowy space where science and the supernatural collide. And I'm your host, Jennifer Holtz. Join me every week as I explore what it means to be a soul in a meat suit. Welcome to Curious Cat. close your eyes for a moment and imagine it's May 1st, 2012. It's May Day, a time when strangers place bouquets of flowers on the porch steps of the neighbors to celebrate spring. Well, to say my guest today experienced the opposite of that is the understatement of the century. May 1st, 2012 was the day Keith Linder moved into a house with his girlfriend. He had no idea of the nightmare that would unfold just hours after locking the front door that first night. And before I introduce him, I'd like to give you a rundown of Keith's bio so you'll understand he was not someone seeking this experience. He wasn't some closet crystal ball reader or ghost hunter before he moved into what the world would come to know as the Bothell Hell House. So Keith Linder is an IT professional that holds over four certifications in the IT space. His hobbies include fishing, sports, football, basketball, the outdoors, movies, sci-fi, and he's a proud geek of just about anything dealing with technology. In 2012, his girlfriend and he moved into a house outside of Seattle. The phenomena they witnessed while there changed their lives forever. He's currently living between two realities, what he lived through and what he's willing to share. Rob Tilley of the Australian Institute of Parapsychology Research said this about it. This case is right up there with the most frightening of Poltergeist case. The Enfield Post Poltergeist, the South Shields Poltergeist, the Bridgeport, Connecticut case, and the Matthew Manning case all of which are well-researched and detailed in various books and documentaries over the year. And I'm providing links to those in the show notes. Welcome to Curious Cat, Keith. Thank you for having me. Hello there. Hello, world. Hello. How I'm so glad you're here today. So I have to um, tell you, I am about a quarter of the way into your book, and I had to share that I am immensely enjoying it. But this weird thing is happening to me. My Kindle keeps shutting down at these random times. I mean, mind you, it's fully charged. And it the book is loaded onto the device. And all of a sudden, the face of it will just turn black and it shuts down. It's so strange. <laughs> so you're probably not surprised you're, by that. You're not the first to tell me that. Um, and there's a, Really? I go up. Uh, it was tough getting this book published. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the Bothell House, but yeah. there could be a book on trying to get it published. Should I go there? But it would probably be an issue. Yeah. The book about the book being published, but me and several editors, uh, one you interviewed, uh, Dr. Richard Shug. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it was tough. Uh, final draft, draft, whatever, rewrites. Yeah, and yeah, you're not. I'm not surprised if you're only a quarter way through. Um, yeah, get ready. 
Okay. Well, you know, what's interesting too, is I think I'm going to add that to the review because, um, you know, my uh, review of your book, because I feel like others will come forward that that happened to, and they didn't think anything of it. So if you don't mind, take us back in time. Had you um, ever experienced anything paranormal in your life prior to Bothell Hell House? Uh, not before the Bothell Hell House. Not before moving into the, the house in Bothell, at least not to my knowledge. Uh, the second they <laughs> said uh, for Tina, uh, I, <laughs> you know, I never played play with the Ouija board. I never looked in a mirror with the lights off and screamed Bloody Mary. Never spent the night in mm-hmm. a cemetery. Um, as close as I could get would probably be watch a scary movie during Halloween months. But, you know, that's that. But that, never that qualifies that all of us. Never watch the, you know, yeah. the shows, the paranormal um, shows. If I did, it was in passing. Uh, I do like mm-hmm. a ghost story every now and then. And I have friends mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes people tell you their story. And I, and I always found it interesting i never denied mm-hmm. people their reality i just felt like oh that's interesting uh hope that never happens to me but uh, yeah. so yeah that, that's about the, uh, yeah. as far as i go oh wow so when you first saw the house listed on craigslist did any of your spidey senses go off alert you that something about this place was a little off yeah, one did, and me and Tina, it was, really? it was weird that the, the, the house was posted up in Cra- on Craigslist, um, uh-huh. I believe March, April, and okay. um, it was still being lived in, which I thought like, okay, why did you post it? It's still being lived in. Well, the owner said, well, I, well you know, it'll be available May 1st, and I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a quick turnaround, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, so he couldn't show it to us in March or April, so we had forgotten about it. And he reached out to us, I would probably say mid-April, around that time frame. And we were still house hunting, so we were like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we went and saw it, and then, like, a few days later, he said, hey, you can have the house. But um, I can tell you our spider senses, as you know, as you read through the book, I don't know if you got to Tina, when it came time to get the power turned over into our name, her name, specifically um, PUD, you're, you're, you're from Australia, so you know PUD, uh, the mm-hmm. company was, they even volunteered and said, whoa, this house, uh, you know, nobody never lives in this house long because we always are changing the account name. You know, the address stays the same, but always the account name is being changed, and here it is being changed again. So we thought that was odd. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. beautiful home. And then the day of uh, me and my friend were moving in, my stuff, the guy from across the street, the walking his dog, said that, uh, wow, nobody never stays in that house long. You know, and really? all those things were in the back of my mind, and they were definitely mm-hmm. seized because they would come into play uh, in the uh, in the dark months to come. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, people that aren't from this area, part of that might also, it just, it's logical in this area because people are, it's the high tech industry and people are here for jobs and then they get transferred or the, you know, the home base or they're on a world job somewhere else in the world. So 
you know, it would, your spidey senses would, would go off, but it wouldn't make you think, oh, this place is like haunted or whatever. Oh, so, yeah, far from, um, far from that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was going to ask you, um, I know from the book, but tell my listeners, when did the hauntings begin? And I always think of those horror movies because I am a horror movie fan where they set the stage. There's a pretty couple like you and Tina and it's a perfect spring day and like, you know, the birds are singing and then you're just like putting things into place and you're cracking open the bottle of the wine and snuggling in. And it's like, how soon did the hauntings begin for you guys? Um, on day one, which is uh, which is Shoot. weird. Uh, in my in my setting of other cases after this ordeal, um, mm-hmm. and this is weird, and all the researchers agree was the first instance uh, we had when we moved in. And you're right; it is a very cliche how we, you know, we went in, we. we we, we went and signed the papers, and the, the homeowner congratulated us, left us a bottle of wine. And we do what most couples would do. We sit on the floor in the living room, and we just start talking about, you know, hey, this is our house now, what we're going to do, and, and back and forth, and lollygag. And in the middle of our conversation, me and Tina, she's sitting next to me, we hear a kid cough. I mean, a literal Kid cough. Now, you know, because we've all been in houses when they're empty, you know, we've all moved out of places when they're empty. And you know how sound can resonate mm-hmm. in an empty environment. Mm-hmm. And it resonated. So we both heard it. And how I know we heard the same things because she looked at me, I looked at her, and I said, Was that a kid cough? And she asked me, Was that a kid cough? And it sounded like it came from one of the upstairs bedrooms. There's four bedrooms upstairs. Mm-hmm. And we looked around, you know, we kind of glanced up there. We didn't go searching for it because, you know, we don't have no kids. And mm-hmm. all the windows are closed, you know, this, it's May and all, everything is yeah. closed. But we, like, felt that was weird. And then we shrugged it off, like, hey, that could, that had to have come from outside or, or, or something. But it was day one. Yeah. It was day one. Wow. And week one or week two, was when my car keys uh, went missing. The keys that I never used, these are my spare. And I say car keys, I really mean my car fob. And it was in my glove yeah. box that I kept in my closet at my apartment. And then I, and I hand-carried mm-hmm. it to the house. Tina didn't even know it existed. Why would she? And yeah. the day I went to go retrieve another item is when I noticed my car fob missing. And and, I, and I'm a guy, because I, I live alone, but I also, no, I don't lose stuff. I'm, I'm very, mm-hmm. you know, retentive that way, so I don't lose things. And I knew my keys were gone, and I, and I was really upset with myself, like, man, how did you lose your keys? And you just carried the box right. point A, the movers didn't even touch it. You hand carried it over. And so, but then I shrugged it out, like, okay, I'll, I'll deal with that later. I got to, big house to move into. I'm excited. I'm happy. So yeah, those two things were early on, uh, early days of moving early. house. Yeah. And then, um, I, I don't want to reveal too much about the book cause people need to pick it up and read it for themselves, but you get all the nitty gritty and you wrote this while you were in the house. It was not something that you were writing 10 years later. It was happening when you were in the house. Is that right, Keith? Yeah. A, a huge percentage, um, was written while living in the Bothell house. Um, mm-hmm. 
also I was taking plenty of meticulous notes, as you'll see as you come through the book, about our mm -hmm. ordeal. Something being an IT professional, I'm an IT project manager, it's something that's kicked in me to instinctively, I need to document this, you know, because I'm not even sure mm -hmm. I would believe it if I was telling myself. And I need that mm -hmm. paper trail to revert back to when somebody out there is going to ask me questions like you just asked, uh, what was the first time? Mm -hmm. It's coming consecutive days in a row. Is there a lull? Is there a, a spike? Is there a mm -hmm. days? Do you find it happens more at night or day or rain, sleet or snow? I need to have all of those answers ready and documentation showing that, okay, this guy's taking notes. He's okay. He has a, he has a diary. Um, yeah. so the, the mini book, if you will, which sort of helped the book get written was the, was the notes. And it was mm -hmm. tough writing. I mean, you're right. Most people who survive a haunted house like this one, they, they write them years and years later, right? They, they write them years later. Mm -hmm. They have a ghostwriter on their behalf, no pun intended, mm -hmm. or, uh, or a publishing company that does the work for them. I'm in the home writing, and that's why if you see in my, my other books, the two that come after this one, I illustrate and I show um, what I call the shadowy figures lurking on the Ooh. keyboard, on the computer monitor, some sitting on my shoulder, some sitting on the keyboard, because they know I'm writing. They see mm -hmm. me writing. They are mm -hmm. giving technical difficulties as I'm writing. They're Hiding the wow. cursor, they're erasing the word dot. They're you know the the hard drive where this is stored is being reformatted as we speak. If I don't back it up to the cloud, I can mm -hmm. so much material, video, audio. There's so much things that I'll never reach the public eye or ear because they took it, you know, mm -hmm. and they sort of yeah. they were the editors before the editors. <laughs> <laughs> they were the they were the worst kind of editors. Yeah, no, this is not getting that. Well, um, no, this is not getting that. No, no, you're not talking I, about that. No, so, so I just yeah. have to. I'll I'll tell you a little story. I'll digress for a second. So I'm a fiction writer first before I was a podcaster, and I wrote this. Um, uh, it's a YA trilogy that's all kind of spooky and everything. But on my second book, I needed to get it done. So my husband said, what do you want for your birthday? I said, to be out of this house, away from the kids so I can finish my book. And so I went to Bellingham, which is north of, you know where it is. It's north of Seattle. Yeah. And I stayed in this um, uh, hotel that's like on the bay. And I, you know, started working on it. I had like a quarter of the book left to take from draft into, you know, a workable uh, work in project progress, you know, final manuscript. So anyway, so I, I after dinner, I thought, oh, I'll just maybe take a little nap and then I'll work all night. And I'm starting to settle in for a nap. And all of a sudden the bottom of the bed just sinks down. Somebody's sitting on it that I can't see. And I'm like, okay, that scared the hell out of me. So I got up and wrote all the way through to the next day. And then I checked out my lap. So I always joke that I had a ghostwriter because he scared the hell out of me. And he kept me from wanting to go to sleep. So yeah, we can talk about the mattress indentations. It's, uh, it's surreal. Yeah. Oh, Oh, just wait. Well, and the other thing I wanted to circle back to is that 
That's the most compelling part. And I hadn't really put that into words until you were speaking is um, I have a daughter that she's an electrical engineer. So everything, even though she's an artist now, everything is meticulous notes. And it's like looking for patterns. And that's literally what you were doing. You're like, you're putting, documenting it for yourself. Almost, I would guess, you know, you can clarify, but um to for yourself to go, are there patterns? Are there things happening? Is it, ha- you know, these electrical things, are they happening when the power grid is, you know, pushed or you're looking for uh, repetition? Yeah, data. You're a data person. You're an IT person. You're a bright person. So you're meticulously putting these things down. It's very compelling. It's not th- something you can even make up after the fact. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I, I did discover through note-taking was, Sunday of all days was the day or night where the house felt the most heaviest and the most, wow. you know, dark, if you will. And mm-hmm. Some of the activity, you know, you haven't gotten there yet, but uh, the first mm-hmm. Bible that caught fire was on a Sunday. Um, when the computer monitors caught fire was on a Sunday. Uh, we had a lot of the, the destruction of the home entirely. Uh, we're talking about doors yanked off hinges, items thrown, crashing, burning, incineration was on a Sunday. Um, the first paranormal team to arrive at the house where the house was humming was on a Sunday. Um, and so, so yeah, and Sunday seemed to be, um, Sunday we could tell you how the week was going to be. How about that? Sunday was yeah. If it was feeling heavy or something, maybe you know. Oh man, Monday. Oh boy, it's you know. But yeah, something about that Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. I still don't know why, but uh, yeah, I can never sleep. Even to, even now today, several many years removed, it's twenty twenty three. Sundays are still hard for me to sleep. Uh, you know, I still have PTSD the most on Sunday, especially at night. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just weird. Well, um, that is interesting. And I have that as a question is um, that was one that kind of caught my eye is um, the whole, well, you know, the Bible, um, you know, the first thing was you had friends that were um, experiencing it when they're over, you know, socializing with you guys. And they were suggesting open the Bible and you had the Bible disappear. And I, I mean, before even the burning one, like it disappearing, that was one of the objects that disappeared. Ooh. Yeah, the, you have friends, uh, close friends, uh, some witness phenomena themselves, the mm-hmm. infamous housewarming party. So, yeah, not pottery be thrown, but you're right. It was my best friend at the time who instructed me um, to, you know, rely on the Bible a lot more, in that we uh, opened it up to. Psalms and Proverbs, and uh, I remember mm-hmm. the day I set it down on a lamp table, Tina's lamp table downstairs, and went to bed. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Psalms 93 or something, and I went to bed. Uh, Tina was out of town. and woke up the next day, the Bible was gone. I mean, I, I knew of other items missing in the house. By then, I knew... Yeah. Because Google and the internet told me about how can you tell your house is haunted, items disappearing. But mm-hmm. 
I want your listeners to understand. There's nothing more, well, it's very surreal. And anybody can identify with this is you are in your home and, you know, you, you everybody has their, you know, methods before going to bed, their little, what they do, yeah. soft cup of water or whatever. And you go through this routine pretty much every night. And then you know your your belongings and you know where everything goes. The last thing I saw before I went to bed, my bed's upstairs, was that Bible on that table. Okay? Plain as day. It's open, only Keith in the house. The security system is armed, only I. Nobody's getting there without tripping off something. Mm-mm. And I remember I woke up the next morning to go to work. And you walk, our house is arranged, you walk out the master bedroom upstairs, you're immediately on the landing area. And you can see over. <laughs> And you could see downstairs the living room, and you could see the corner where the lamp table was. And I remember I looked over to that table. But mm-hmm. God, God, you know, it'd be like somebody waking up and coming in in the living room and their TV's gone. Oh, the couch is gone. What? What? Yeah. what? what? <laughs> Underneath the nose while you were sleeping. And I will be honest, that was happening around July, August of 2012. That Bible would not return until March, April of 2014. Wow. When it returned, it returned on fire. That's nowhere in the house. There's nowhere in the house. Uh, I remember Tina, I picked her from the airport while I texted that morning, hey, the Bible's gone. The Bible's gone. Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I told my friend who, who it was his idea, and I stick up that email exchange. Like, hey, dude, your, your, your idea about the Bible? Bible's gone. It's gone. <laughs> you know, and you got to think, wow. logically, you know, what do you do with that? What do you right. do with uh, the thing you use as a means to rid the home? And we'll talk more about sage and holy water and all this stuff people do to rid right. themselves of a home like this. But on the other side, they take those things as if it was nothing. You know, it's yeah. like, hey, you just giving them to the yeah. It's like, hey, thank you. And so I, I remember psychologically, I was like driving to work. I was like, where do I go with that? You know, the Bible is gone. Then to rub salt into the womb almost two years later to imply that, hey, we're back or we never left. Mm-hmm. Here's your book, by the way, and it's on fire. So you see that, and, and, and mm-hmm. very profound, and uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. shocking. It is, it is, and I, you know, and I again, it was, um, it really struck me that you guys, um, you know, after the activity had been occurring, you'd been in there a while, but you were thinking maybe we should do what my grandmother used to do, which is bless, have the home blessed, and. Um, you know, I, I thought about your grandmother giving you that example early on. I mean, nothing's on accident. And she was trying to arm you spiritually like this is the protocol of moving into a new place. And I don't know, would that have made a difference or not? Or would it have started it being more like aggressive or violent earlier? Well, see, I know we're speculating. That's a good question because you're right. And, then I, and it always haunts me because... I was, you know, younger than I was when I moved to the Bothell House, and I remember when I was living in Texas, and every time I got into a new place, you know, either living by myself or with my friend or brother or girlfriend, 
My grandmother mm-hmm. made it a point to come to the house early. She's like, you moved to the house? I'm on my way. And she would come up with her husband, my grandfather, and before hugging me, she would just veer off and start blessing the house. And me as a kid, I was more excited about the food she brought. You're like, hey, grandma, what are you doing? And my uncle would like, I mean, my grandfather would never be like, hey, let her do what she's got to do. And so she would bless the house. She would always admonish me like, hey, wherever you move, you need to bless the house and for all that, yeah. grandma, you know, you're religious and all that stuff. I pay no attention to it. And I did everywhere I lived from that point on that she didn't come. So when you, I moved you to have. places in Seattle, I did. Yeah. Now, the first time I didn't do that was with this house. And I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why uh, I didn't do it. Because I was like, you know, it, it wasn't like the idea didn't hit me because it did. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that just got interrupted or maybe they put something in it. That's what I'm wondering. You know? That's what I'm wondering. If they they maybe distracted you from that. I think so. Right, that process. Everywhere else. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did that. And, then, and, and, and yeah. it's hard to do it, you know, after the fact. It mm-hmm. doesn't hurt. Yep. As you know, we brought the churches in and all that. It doesn't hurt. But there's something about right away. There, there's something. There's something about yeah. urgency because my I mean my grandmother, she was very adamant. You know, mm-hmm. she, she couldn't drive herself, but she made her husband drive her. And no matter where I lived across town, she would come, she'd bring brownies and cookies, but she'd bring her, her Bible and she'd bring her olive oil and a white cloth. And she'd go around all the doorways and windows while me and her husband, my grandfather, would just eat the cookies and brownies. And then she would teach me, hey, mm-hmm. do this everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Oh, I I think I absolutely would have loved her, but, um, you know, but also, isn't it like a first impression with the property? You're establishing that first impression. It makes sense. Yeah. You know, you're, letting, you're, you're putting down boundaries, setting up mm-hmm. rules, the spirits, you know, they're already there. You know, the fact that we mm-hmm. off on table, they're already there. They're already there. Yeah. And yeah. you're sort of putting a wedge between you and them. You're telling them, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in broad terms of nonchalantly, hey, get out. And mm-hmm. I have to believe there's some truth there and whether it worked in other places I live, we'll never know. But it always haunts still to this day. Why? Because I didn't feel a need to do it to this. Of all houses, mm-hmm. uh, this house, I because this is, this, is, this, is, this is me making a statement of living in Pacific Northwest this is my first house. Yeah. I was excited. Yeah. It. I got out of the apartments. I got out of the townhomes. This is a single day. Yeah. This is going to be mine, 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 mine. <laughs> Wherever was a time, now was the time. And I failed and I didn't do it. And I don't know if they put that in me to not do it. Because mm-hmm. I wonder. It, it, was just, it, was just, it was just weird how that desire to not do it anymore. And so, yeah. Yeah, they gave you a sort of amnesia about your normal way of operating, which I think that's manipulative, right? They're showing that they were manipulative. The part that scared me was um, because everybody knows, right? Before you go to bed, you check the locks on your door, you check that the windows are shut or whatever, and then you go up to bed and coming down the stairs when you describe and the front doors open. 
I mean, that scared the hell out of me. Oh, yeah, it, I think about it now. And I, I, it made me want to go check the front door. When oh, I was man, that happens that. so many times. It's not even real. You you just jog my memory because, oh, oh man. We, yeah, you're right. It's, it's the, There's a lot of things haunting about a home. Yeah. You, you can take the word portugas or haunting out of the equation. Anybody can yeah. relate to waking up and finding the front door open. Exactly. Well, how long was it open? Who opened? Right. Are they still? Are they still here? Exactly. Are they in the house? Mm -hmm. You know, and all those things go in your brain at once. (sighs) And Mm -hmm. me coming down, I'm glad I found it first versus Tina. Mm -hmm. And seeing all your cabinet doors open, seeing all the cupboards Mm -hmm. open, the closet door open, the hallway closet, everything downstairs open, poured out. And it just, your mind can't digest that. And that's why we, mm-hmm. I got this security system installed because our reason, we didn't, me and Tina, we didn't, as you, as you read in the book, we didn't leap to the paranormal right away. You know, we, right. we thought we were being pranked. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, this has got to be a prank or something. Our mm-hmm. friends thought we were being, hey, man, you've been pranked. This is some. Mm-hmm. Sick joke or whatever, and I and I was waiting for the punchline. I'm just like, okay, so I mean, whoever okay, maybe they are pregnant, but that's a that's a very broad prank. That's that's very dangerous. Yes. I mean, who goes to somebody's house while they're asleep? And I mean, that can go wrong on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Where is it going? You know, where where where, yeah. where are we leading with this? You know, and yeah. My brain finally just couldn't rationalize it anymore because it just seemed no, no, no. So when I got the security system installed, okay, well, that's going to take care of that problem. And then mm-hmm. waking up and finding the all the kitchen cupboards open still. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. still took care of the front door being open, but it didn't solve the kitchen cupboard problem. Mm-hmm. It didn't solve the why are we finding items that neither one of us belongs to either one of us kid toys. We don't have any kids. Mm-hmm. Other people's mail. Why are we finding these things? And why are they out in the open? You know? And Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was finally when the plant levitated to where okay, <sighs> that's not that's not a joke. That's We look for the wire, no. for the remote control device. We look for everything that we can do to explain how does a plant levitate like that? So I want people to know we, we were just like, oh, we got to go, so we got to go. No, it took a while to get the They, meaning the spirits behind all this, mm-hmm. uh, they, have, they, they, they take their time. It's a gradual thing. They're breaking you in mm-hmm. softly, nightly, neatly. But then there's that crescendo moment where even they are like, okay, they, these two are never going to get it. They are never yeah. going to get it. Guys, the house is not haunted. You are. It's like, uh, we're about to haunt you. I did. I have that as a question because I was like, 
that part just in a sad way, it just broke my heart because you guys are laughing robustly in bed. And then the door slams and you're like, oh, mental note, we have a new rule. We can't laugh in bed. And it's like, that made me so sad. And I'm like, isn't that the biggest victory for whatever these entities are is like, because joy, they didn't like the joy. I think they were, you know, whatever it was, it was like, don't be joyful, be in fear, you know, kind yeah, of thing. I don't know. Because you're right. Laughing was our way of dealing with it at the time. You know? mm-hmm. Up until then, yeah, stuff been through. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I wish it would stop, but it's not yeah. crazy. And laughing was our way of dealing with it because we have nowhere else to go with this. Our friends know. Yeah. No. And that, I remember that. I'll never forget that day we were laying in bed. And we were laughing about it, and the door slammed. It's never slammed like that before. Uh-huh. And our laughter, laughter died. Yep. And I looked at Tina, she looked yeah. at me, and in my mind, I, they were telling me, this is what I got from that, was you yeah. guys need to take us serious. It's about to get real, okay? All this laughing, yeah. ha, ha, ha. Nothing. It's my and, and I and I remember Latina. She, she felt the same way because I mean, talk about a mood kill. Talk about sucking all the, the yeah. light out of a room. Yeah. If this, if this was ever put the film, you know, for others to see how I trust me and Tina. All that we can do is go to bed now. You know, I turned over. She turned over. Yeah. And we went to bed like some idiots because they were like, "It's about to get real good." You guys. No, it's yeah. You, y'all need to start paying attention about what's up. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not going to end well, and that's that's yeah. what I thought was or felt was being sent by that door slam because yeah, and yeah. So, so that was 2012, and you guys somehow endured, and you got to 2013, and the activity slowed, um, and it was kind of felt like the calm before the storm. But what I want to, I want to bring them into is the part where you participated in that Xbox and Xbox connect study. I mean, wow. Tell you have to tell them about that. That was truly scary stuff. Yeah. So, um, you're right. You bring up an an important fact. People always ask me, well, why did y'all stay in there so long? Why did y'all stay there four years? Well, and I'm like, well, Technically, it wasn't really four years. We did have a year where we had no activity. Mm-hmm. It started to taper off toward the end of 2012. It, it really did. And right when we were about to throw in the towel, and maybe that's why it tapered off, it, oh, it, yeah. it died down. The house became livable. Mm-hmm. 2013 arrives, um, all quiet. Everything was in. The stuff on our internet said, hey, these things taper off. So we were like, aha, okay, it's right. But none of our stuff yeah. that went missing came back. So fast forward to summer of 2013. I, being a, a computer geek, a techie or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, had uh, signed up and uh, got to be a beta tester for the Microsoft 360. And I was so excited. I was on cloud nine. You know, um, this is going to be a test that was going to last six to eight months long. And this is the new th- the 360 and the Connect, the FMS Connect system, where mm-hmm. your prototype 
They're going to set up in your home. You're going to play. Mm-hmm. They're going to monitor you from in your home and afar, mostly from afar. Oh. You're going to have uh, set up times where you got to play the game two or three hours a night or whatever. They don't really care about mm-hmm. it. They just want to see how the game is doing. You know, they, 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 yeah. these are all these scenarios. They don't even care less about you. Well, that night in particular was the night that when they come to your house. They want to observe you. They want to get some people in there and watch. So about seven Microsoft employees came to the house, you know, and it's like a mini studio. And they're yeah. watching me and they want to, you know, I forgot what game I was playing, but they're watching me play and it really tested the connect system and my interaction with it. You know, mm-hmm. the connect system at that time was a, built on an AI, motion capture, motion detection, all movement. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was playing and I can see that. I, I mean, I, had, I don't think it was the, the TV. All I see is a mm-hmm. game. And there's people at the headquarters at Microsoft also that are remote in watching. And I remember the project manager, uh, she's got a clipboard and she got something in her ear. And she's, she's like, hey, can you pause for a second? The guys in headquarters want you to well, stop. We got something. We, we got something they can't figure out. I'm like, sure. So I stopped playing and then they start talking amongst themselves. And I'm like, what? We got what? What's going on? And <laughs> And I'm just like, okay, what are they doing? And then finally one of them walks over and does something to the the, the control of the TV to where it puts it, I forgot what mode it's in. Um, yeah. And whatever mode this was, they can see uh, the entire living room in the house or they can see behind me. And they're picking mm-hmm. up all the motion, the, con- the Microsoft Connect is mm-hmm. picking up these floating black orbs or blobs. Uh, I always tell people, well, how, how does it look like? I said, well, remember those, you know, lava lamps, the wet, the wax, mm-hmm. how they flow and all that? That's yeah, they, how they drip and flow. Yeah, that's exactly how they look like. And you can't see with the naked eye, but it's showing up in the dark, the corners of the kitchen where the connect is bouncing off the light, the spectrum of light, you know, all those dots and stuff. And it's driving yeah. people at Microsoft headquarters crazy because they can't ascertain where that's coming from. Wow. That says so much. So they said, mm-hmm. oh, we got a glitch. We got to figure this out before you can continue. Because they had a recorder. Right? Mm-hmm. Go back to the, the coders and say, hey. And dude, this is going, it's about 30, 35 minutes to where they could not ascertain where it was coming from. Uh, it got pretty serious and almost heated because it, it, it could derail the project. I did find out through email later on that no other beta tester the world over had ever experienced this. Uh, it was uh-huh. about 1,500 beta testers over the world that were testing the Xbox Connect. The only person who was my house and Keith Linder. Um, I don't know what they finally classified it as, but since they were probably me being an IT, if the only... Yeah. It's finding a bug in one location and there's nowhere else. You feel comfortable chalking it off as, hey, is this one of those things? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And me, it I is. know what 2012 was like. I remember seeing those floating orbs, but I had not yet seen one with the naked eye. So I remember I saw that on the deal. And at that time, I was having a discussion with Tina because I always felt that even though the house was quiet, yeah. Spirits were still there. I said, 
Yeah. And I think they're still here. And she doing, mm-hmm. yeah. we won't talk about it, you know. I like, no, I think they're still here because this little thing, you know, I still feel like I'm being watched. And then I was like, and I, and I tell this to researchers today, maybe we can all bounce the idea off our heads together. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's their hibernation state. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe that's them, how they are. Because being the IT person that I am, when the Xbox yeah. officially came out, and I revisited that when the house was crazy active, oh. I'm like, yeah. now that I got my own Xbox kind of when they gave me one. I want to see yeah. are those things still there, you know? Yeah, I would too. I'd want to know too. And let me uh, tell you, not only were they still there, mm-hmm. there were hordes of them. You know, like, I mean, it was hordes. This is the house was active, crazy active. And I was like, but, you know, and they just move in. And I was like, man, I wish I had reported that. But there was there was no way yep. that I knew how to record off my console with the right. But yeah, that that was the yeah Richard Doctor Shug. He he loves when I explain that because exactly so. well because there's iterations of that sort of phenomenon. Um, you know if you are um. You know, if you've watched uh, my friend, my neighbor Totoro, they have the little sprites that move in with the little girls. And it's interesting because I have two daughters. They're adults now and and grown and off. But they recently came together and said they had seen that at uh, our former home. They, They would come out in the seams around the fireplace at night, like, um, that was in, if they were like, you know, smashing into me and my husband's bed, they, one of them would watch them kind of coming out of the seams of the fireplace. Like it was just a little work day. And my daughter watched them thinking, are they going to hurt my family? And would just stare until she fell asleep. And then, um, and then years and years later, we watched Totoro and they looked at each other and said, that's like what we saw in our house, except they were more crab-like. So they did have legs, but it was very interesting. Very well, yeah, weird. I mean, and then they disappeared for them. Told you guys, case I, I learned, because I, I spent you know, my time now trying to find parallels and similarities with my kids yeah. and brothers. I would be obsessed with that if I was you too. And totally. the show of the dark floating shadow, so I'm going to describe it to a T as to, yes, mm. you know, floating black and like orb like, you know, eerily yeah. straight, um, different mm-hmm. sizes inside and out of, of the home. And I truly believe that was them in that spectrum of light. Uh-huh. Um, I think you're that, right. That just feels true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, I, and I forgot to say this um, so that the listeners would know, because in your mind's eye, we all say, oh, haunted house ancient house, the one on the corner that hasn't been inhabited for years, all the spider webs. I mean, we all go to these stereotypes of a haunted house, right? Yeah. So tell us about that house. Yeah, so the Bothell house, the house we moved into, was built in 2005. The neighborhood yeah, so itself it's... was built in 2005. This is a, a suburb oh. uh, mm-hmm. of uh, outside of Seattle, Bothell is, mm-hmm. uh, the neighborhood. Yep. Uh, it's had four to five tenants before us. 
Um, lovely neighborhood. It's about 250-odd homes uh, in and around ours, uh, closely knit, all built with a mm-hmm. time frame. And uh, here come, you know, Keith and Tina in this two-story single unit uh, home. Uh, it might be interesting to your listeners that a family, uh, husband and wife, three kids, did experience similar activity uh, for before we, we moved in. Uh, mm-hmm. I found that I took a while to find out, but I did. I did some research and was able to contact, you know, one of the things I'm often asked and a paranormal researcher will ask, and it's a fair question. You want to talk to the people who first lived there or lived there before, mm-hmm. just trying to look for, you know, hey, was this happening? Helps to try to yeah. where you followed in or was something here when you got here. Uh, yeah. She, her, the, 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 uh, the wife who I did catch up with, talked on Facebook, mm-hmm. did explain and say uh, what they experienced, what they saw, their children, her son, uh, so mm-hmm. all. Um, so yeah, and, and, I, and I put that all in, in, in the book. If you haven't got to it yet, it was very. I haven't. It was very shocking, and both also rewarding hearing mm-hmm. from her uh, yep. that she was having activity. Because up until then, we didn't know whether we or something followed us in. Right, or, I would or, have that. We got worry. And even like mm-hmm. a couple, two years, you know, you're, you're, you're in a relationship, and you're like two years into it, and you, you start like, "Hey, is it Tina's corner? Is it Keith's corner? <laughs> is it?" You know, you know what? You get so defensive. So Tina, tell yeah. growing up, and she like, you know, our, 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 our family was putting us up to ask these questions about the other person's family. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's very delicate to approach that. You know, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> what are you accusing are you me accusing of? Me I of? didn't come with the poltergeist, like, did you? Know. you? <laughs> so yeah, you can go south very fast. You know, if you don't work it right. Yeah. But uh, oh, it would. They come to previous ten with their story, and so you haven't got to it yet. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Look out! Yeah. Well, I, it it's a later question, so I'm really glad you did that. And then, um, have you looked into the land itself? Oh yeah, of course. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, I have several. Of the researchers have. I did some too. Yeah, I couldn't help myself yes, because I'm trying um, to find an answer for you guys. Yeah, it, it's it it, it it it's crazy. It's awful. Snohomish County, for all that matter, for, for you know, yeah. King County, Snohomish County, Pacific Northwest. Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we found some things. The researchers found some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, every now and then, I'll, I'll still get an email from somebody uh, mm-hmm. in and around the area, you know, who has a similar story. Yeah. Uh, you know, when our case got public or went public, if you will, Mm-hmm. And, you know, paranormal teams pop up at your house. Some of the yeah. paranormal name clear on their vehicle or T-shirts. The neighbors mm-hmm. were like that. And I, <laughs> I know they like, what's going on at that house? Good Lord. Really? You know, we got all these ghostbusters uh. in our house. And 
then you start coming out the work we're talking about, you know, the weird stuff that they have. Okay, or that's they, good. Like, hey, uh, our dogs are always acts weird when we take it walking when we go by your house. Our, oh, interesting. You know, I mean, we have, we have, you know, our house is right here, and we have a, a, another, our neighbor. One day, the yeah. teams were outside doing their stuff, and he came over, and he's like, hey, we, you know, we was always wondering, because our dog who lives in our house, he does not go into any of the rooms that's close to Keith and Tina's house. Oh. He will purposely avoid wow. those, those rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've seen me, I've seen cats uh, avoid stepping on our grass. You know, they don't run across the street. Yeah. To be chased by a dog or whatever and not do whatever they got to do not to go across our lawn. <laughs> Even though there's a tree there that can save them. Yeah. Uh, I've had other paranormal teams talk about, I don't never hear any birds chirping in your house. I, because they lived with us for weeks on sitting on a patio. Oh, I can not hear any birds or, or stuff. I'm like, <laughs> you know, wow. you're not. This is this the Bottle House. His Day of the Dead celebrations are two weeks long. He once used a Ouija board to correct its grammar. He once played chess with death. Death suggested they switch to checkers. If he ever mixes an old-fashioned for you, you'll be inspired to write a creepypasta about it. He is Edward October, the best horror narrator you've never heard of. Horror stories don't always have to be scary. The best ones invoke a mood of foreboding and existential dread. Fear is fleeting. I prefer to be haunted. For retro horror of impeccable taste, listen to October Pod AM bi-weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Or watch new videos from October Pod Home Video each month, only on YouTube. Find all of Edward October's links on the World Wide Web at OctoberPodVHS.com. Stay spooky, mes amis. So there is this passage I was I was hit with this morning when I was reading the book. And it says, something in this house was watching us. It was taking notes. If it's not causing the irritability, it is learning from it. And my God, that describes to me AI. I just did a podcast about AI, you know, and Loeb and all that stuff. But that struck me as like the entity having that intelligence, like an AI kind of presence. It was, yeah. it's very intelligent. What whatever entities are there? Yeah, and the and the and, the, and, the, and what the researchers found when you get toward the end of the book, when you start seeing some of the evidence that comes out of the Bothell House, and especially mm-hmm. part two is a part two. Uh, oh, I can't wait. You're right. There is an intelligence. Um, we're being observed. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what it seemed like. We are, um, you know, being watched 24-7. And deeper into the book, you're going to realize there's multiple entities. Yeah. Pick, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of what they are. Some coincide and do things, you know, together. Some have their own thing. Some yeah. are intimidated by the others. Some know to stay out of the other one's way. 
Some are just yeah. observing. Some are lost. But I can tell you, right, there's, a, there's a, me and Tina, we would wake up and you feel all eyes on you. I, there have been times where I'm programming because I'm, I'm bringing in these cameras to set up monitoring. And these are highly mm-hmm. expensive cameras. They take about 30 minutes to an hour to config, to get them right. Mm-hmm. i got a little dashboard in my office. You know, i got these little panels. I'm seeing every room in the house. Mm-hmm. And I go and get a glass of water, come back, and all my cameras are reconfigured. The camera that says living room now says kitchen. It's the same camera. Mm-hmm. The camera that says kitchen says living room. Even I, to this day, can't figure out how they did. They swapped the MAC addresses. And they've, been, they've, uh. they've, they've, they've rewritten code, uh, changed IP addresses, and changed my password. My password doesn't work. Uh, notifications. Uh, when I start getting notifications at work, and my mm-hmm. log in because I get a notification on my phone, and I should have emails waiting for me when I log in that show me pictures of what's going on at the house. The pictures that I'm getting could be two two things: either the destruction, meaning my house is torn upside down like a tornado went through it. Yeah. The pictures themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But when I log in, I can log in real time from anywhere in the world with these cameras. My house mm-hmm. is pristine clean. Pristine That's clean. so strange. It's so strange. Yeah. yeah. It's so odd. And you, you know, you mentioned at the top about the PTSD and, and it had to have taken a toll on your relationship with Tina. That would be very difficult oh, yeah. to live in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Living with a, 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 a poacher guys is like living in a war zone, a hurricane, a tornado, a fire, and a riot all at once. When the activity is acting up. Yeah. There are things the poacher guys will do to put you in house with your partner. Oh, I bet it did. There were things to, you know, they would get into, there's a campaign where they just haunt her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was never really 50-50. It was always one more than the other, and they, and they could switch on a dime. Uh, wow. has been attacked in the home by herself. She's been attacked. I've been attacked in the home by myself a lot. Yeah. I've been attacked while on the road in other hotel room. I'm talking about physically attacked in my hotel room. And they switched it on a dime. They've attacked our friends. My friends, we've lost friends. There are friends we're not friends with anymore because it became so dark they start having activity. It started affecting their children, their marriage. Yeah. Even wow. to this day, they like, hey, you know, friends start coming to your house. They start associating with you. Yeah. Um, you're more looking at like dead men walking when people do see you. Like, oh, that's. Yeah. You know, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Me and Tina are well, And you guys. Tired. 
Oh, you are. Yeah, you become sleep deprived because you can't sleep. The banging, yeah, the throwing of objects. Yeah. I mean, you you know what an iron is like, right? Yeah, yeah. As a projectile. That's very dangerous. Yes, uh, it a plate, is. Uh, a vase. Uh, you know, Bud Light long neck beer bottle. These things are traveling oh. at immense speeds. You know, I'm typing yeah. a computer in my office, just, you know, da 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 da, typing. Hey, Tony, what's your dinner? Ah, spaghetti. Ah, I can't wait. And then something goes, and you look, it whistles by you, and you hear a crash, and they're on the floor yeah. with a beer bottle or a vase. Um, or sometimes the crash, the noise. I'm talking about the noise, the sound effects. Yeah, yeah. Arise before the crash. Now imagine you're in your in your room right now, right? I don't know how many rooms you got in your house. Yeah, yeah. You hear what sounds like, let's say a piano fell off a fifty-story building, a piano. Yeah. In your yeah. Room. You can imagine how loud mm-hmm. that would sound, right? Right. You rush that is so that you naturally would do. You would run like, what the heck is that? And you yes. rush the noise, and there's nothing there. Nothing. You know? I think I was going crazy most of the time. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Did you guys ever get to the point that you called the 911? Um, or did you just feel like they're got, not going to take us seriously? So you kind of just said, well, when the fire, maybe we shouldn't. Most of the fire in the spring of 2014, yeah. I mean, 911 mm-hmm. made several trips to the house. You haven't got to the part where I fell down when they pushed me down the stairs. But, um, yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, okay. So yeah, 911 responded to that. Uh, it's going to be the same firemen that respond to the postal catching fire. And they came, and they kind of determined the root cause. And they remembered me. They like, oh, we came to this house before. You, you, were, you fell down. You you're in bad shape. But, um, yeah. Yeah. We never called police or fire department when we came back and found our house in melee condition, you know, because we know there's no intruder. The intruder was there when we mm-hmm. came May 1st. Yeah. Um, this is not a job for the police or the fire department. And you mm-hmm. have to understand, it's why well, I tell people, because people go, well, you didn't call, somebody broke in. Well, you have to understand, in today's world, today's world, mm-hmm. uh, when you see the destruction in our house that the Portuguesas did, and you are a law mm-hmm. enforcement officer, and you call mm-hmm. Tina Call or whatever, our environment looks like a domestic abuse situation exactly that's exactly that would be the misperception there's people aren't people aren't even trained to think elsewhere so yeah nobody's thinking ghost or poach no kid cough whatever they're like ma'am is he (laughs) sir Mm -hmm. and and so yeah no no yeah fire is a little bit different there's reasons for calling the fire department but our house, sure. Me and Tina just had a crazy argument, and it can go either way, you know, when you bring somebody in there. So we called the church, we called the local Catholic yeah. church, and they responded. And they knew, yeah. they knew, like, yeah, yeah, you guys. They've never seen a house this active before. 
they were at their wits end of how do you get rid of it because we've tried everything. They've tried everything. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we caught them. But being hurt, yeah, the ambulance is coming. Post the fire, yeah, the fire department is coming. Twice. When you get into the previous tenant and start really digging into that case and the second one, mm-hmm. see how many calls were responded to Alto oh. House uh, wow. while they lived there. They mm-hmm. uh, lived there. Um, so, yeah. 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 Well, and then it got to the point that you you mentioned earlier, but you had some paranormal groups come in. I think a lot of people are familiar with um, your case and the Bothell Hell House because of Ghost Adventures. And um, but did you notice that the entities would show up for some and not for others because they're intelligent? Yeah, the, the entities are very intelligent. Going back to the thing of being observant, um, mm-hmm. Ghost Adventures. Was the and I, and I don't know why I know why, but Ghostbusters was the only quote unquote paranormal team who left the house without evidence. Even the local teams in the area, not all teams are created equal, and for the record, mm-hmm. not all teams yeah. are good. Mm-hmm. Some of the teams that came into the house made the situation worse. They oh, all were way over their heads. This was way over their heads. Uh. They shouldn't even be. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're they're, carrying, they're they're reenacting what they see on TV. Mm-hmm. Our ordeal is real. What's on TV is debatable about being. Real. Mm-hmm. What we're experiencing is real. So what you're trying to do based on what you see on TV is not applicable to what's happening in the home. But some did witness their own phenomena, and the reason why is and. When you see my belt, you see understand it from a uh, a data perspective. Mm-hmm. All of these cases happen in a bell curve. There's a bell curve of activity. There's the slowness. Oh. There's the gradual build up. There's the crescendo, like the world is about to end. And mm-hmm. There's the tapering off. Depending on when the researchers arrive, you could be arriving at the onset where the activity is building. Most people mm-hmm. don't respond in. They pretty much troubleshoot from the phone. Hey, try this, try that, mm-hmm. try that. When you yeah. crescendo, they come running because they want to see who I want to see. I want to see. So I'm going to get there at that crescendo. We'll witness some phenomena. Some of the paranormal teams witness some phenomena. Yeah. Those adventures arrived when the phenomena was dying down. Mm-hmm. So when they arrived, because we, you know, I think the uh, the story went live on October around Halloween time on Como and Cairo and all that. Mm-hmm. They, they yeah. rid of it. The activities start tapering off. They can't come right away. Nobody can come right away. It's not like, oh, right, oh. exactly. It takes about mm-hmm. months to prepare. Okay, we'll be there in two months. <laughs> well, the Portuguese not going to wait for you. Okay, I, no. I won't blow up his living room for two more months. Wait. No. They so they taper off. And then when those visions arrived, we were having hardly little, almost zero activity. Definitely not what we, that, that lured them or made them interested in our game. Mm-hmm. And then he added to the fact that they were only there five hours. Oh, so we, I didn't realize that. That's so fleeting, too. It's yeah, like, five hours is, is nothing. It's like, 
No. Nope. Drive to Portland and on your way back. Yeah, it's like in a quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what that is. So you're not there for a long period of time, Mm-mm. and you're arriving late. The team mm-hmm. who flew in, you know, only too far ahead, but who flew in from other parts of the United States, mm-hmm. the introduction, who flew in from the UK, uh, mm-hmm. as I met Dr. Sun, is mm-hmm. they lived in the home for two, three, four weeks. Versus five hours. Yeah. They were local to Seattle and Oregon and some came as far as Spokane, uh, spent the night, but they were here when the activity was at its apex. And by, by mm-hmm. when I say things that they saw, the first thing to arrive, no bull paranormal team who was local, Snohomish, saw the yeah. mist rise from the floor. They captured that on infrared. They, she heard the house humming. All their equipment died so they walked into the front door. All everything died. Everything on that person died. You mm-hmm. know. Uh her sage stick lit itself. I mean, it literally lit itself. That's the same night the first Bible caught fire or returned on fire. So make of that what you know. Mm-hmm. Other teams saw door slams, object move, teleportation, aportations, things of that nature. Um but the nitty gritty stuff, the spontaneous fires, mm-hmm. the wall writings, things of that nature, the shadow, those are reserved for Keith and Tina. You know, mm-hmm. that's those yep. are reserved for those are not reserved for the outside world. No, we bring people in exactly. Those are going to sit on their hands. I like, don't know what he's talking about. What? <laughs> exactly, because that's part of the messing with you. Yeah. It's a power thing, yeah. and then also, you know, uh, I think that. Um, I have so much to say about the ghost adventures thing because they willfully ignored things that they pointed out and made the focus of whole shows prior to years and like batteries dying like that. You know, I think about the Winchester house and that was their really only evidence and they really exploited that. And then they willfully ignored it at Boston. Yeah. They, they had a lot of battery drainage issues at the Boston house. Mm -hmm. So many, and me and Tina, mm-hmm. because we, other teams and ourselves have experienced that. And I watched some of the old episodes after hours. I didn't, I didn't know about those messages before. So I, was, I had mm-hmm. a bias. So I went back and watched. Yeah. And I saw, like you said, they called attention to battery drainage on other shows. I'm like, what the heck? We have yes. so many. It, it became such an irritant. I forgot his name, the producer of the show, of how frequent yeah. our batteries were dying. And me and Tina were like, we, we, we don't, nothing's happening. Like, yes, it is, man. Your batteries are dying. You know, they would, they would uh, pop a pack out, put a battery uh, in. Hey, room B is uh, dead. Room, we just put batteries in room B is dead again. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. But, because it, I, and I'm just going to, here's me getting on my apple crate and I just have to do this because I don't have, I've never signed in, you know, NDA with, you know, ghost adventures. But what bothered me so much is that they roll out that episode about Bothell House once a year and they say, look, we debunked a case. And it's like, they actually didn't even investigate the case. And it bothers me so much because 
you were there. You're a data guy. You lived in it. You endured it. You smelled it. You felt it. You had to recover from surgery from it. And it's like this inner, inner mama bear in me comes out and I just, it bothers me because I feel like it's a misrepresentation and there were inaccuracies and it's because it's like this topical scratch. And like you said, five hours, I'm sorry, you could go to the Whaley house, which is one of the most notorious hauntings in the United States in San Diego. And if I went there for a tour, my kids are highly psychic. I have something in me where I see stuff, but not like them. And it's like, it was nothing. It was just an old house to us. It didn't mean anything yeah. except for the courtroom. And then we were like, this is weird, but you have to that and that's like <clears throat> we spent two hours there. So that doesn't it just makes me mad. I'm just gonna air that. It just makes me so angry. Well, well, yeah. Especially the more I read about it. Yeah. So yeah. I apologize for those fools. It was sore. Uh I'm over it now, but uh Yeah, I can tell you I, are. You're so healthy, and here's me just all mad. But I I I feel my anger now is more intellectual. And I tell people, because yeah. um, the show doesn't tell you how long Ghost Adventures Uh-uh. No, they don't. Uh, I say, hey, they, were, they were there five hours, and, and I have to prove yeah. the proof in the book. I put the contract in the book. I'm not violating anything by sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. And Portuguese hauntings are very difficult to investigate for the experienced researcher. Uh, mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, it's, you're chasing lightning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was dormant, but they knew that going in because I read their stuff. Zach has put out a two uh, uh, a few books where he talks about mm-hmm. houses differently. Like it always gets things on the, on the first go around and stuff like that. Yep. So, uh, it was just interesting how you go against your own logic, uh, right? You contradict your own self. Mm-hmm. And I listen to Dave Schrader on his radio show. He's talking about the research, and they, and they tell they tell him the same thing that. Mm-hmm. I said it lived through. So, but then I like, yes, it's a TV show. It was in the moment when mm-hmm. so our, our, our ordeal, if you, if you go back and look at it from a timeline wise, yeah. it's a controversial period for Ghost Adventures when Nick left, or something else named Nick, somebody, a member of the, mm-hmm. member of the show left. It was rumored on that he left because of contradictions of what the show was portraying. Researchers were digging ghost adventures. This is what I've been told. Of yeah. it looks so easy, making it look like every investigation yields a demonic activity. And then you got the Baffle House. And I tell people, you know, I don't know these other cases of other stories. I'm pretty sure some were, were legit, not because ghost adventures said they were, but right. they got a le- legit case, meaning hours. Mm-hmm. And even as the inexperienced researcher will look up and get the legit case, it doesn't take away or make the case less legit. What's going to be mm-hmm. less legit is their approach to it. The Bothell House is the Bothell House. You're going to have to up your game. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve Mara, parapsychologist Steve Mara, said it in court. Mm-hmm. It was not good for them to send me and Tina away from the home. Mm-hmm. Because we're causing the activity, but you want to keep the, right. the dynamics of the house as close as possible. Consistent. Very consistent. Yeah. And if the activity is happening in and around them, 
you want to keep them there, you know, mm-hmm. versus them away. Even though I, you know, Ghost Mission is famous for their lockdown. But the, well, just because you have a lockdown yeah. on every episode doesn't mean the folks mm-hmm. are going to respect it. Oh, who's got a lockdown, guys? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, lockdown. Keep the team leave. Okay, we'll still act up while they're gone. No. <laughs> so, no. You know, adapt, and that's what Steve Mara and Don Phillips did and other teams did was, no, we're, yeah, yeah, we're going to live there. We're going to wake up there. We're going right. to take a shower there. We're going to eat there. Eat yeah. 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 Exactly. You're going to have those vulnerable moments yeah. there. Have, uh, before, because we're running it up against the clock a little bit, but before we um, start wrapping it up, I was just wondering, is there anything that, like, because you were meticulously accounting for things as they were occurring, but was have you found that because you guys endured it for four years, yeah. and that's longer than anybody prior that had made it through that house, but... Um, did you find that your brain brought forward once you were in a safe place and away from that place, anything, any other memories that kind of it locked in a lockbox because it was too much? You mean as far as the activity or? Yeah, like just something that it's almost like it was PTSD, but your brain protected you at the time. Like, I can't even deal with that right now. It was so big. And then you got out of there and you felt safe. Your guard's down and your brain lets this come forward. Well, I can do um, weeks and months after living in the in the Bothell house. Uh, mm-hmm. Even today, I'm, I'm still I'm still jumpy. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm living in a town home where I have neighbors. Uh, yeah. Somebody's hanging up a picture frame, banging. <laughs> I'll I'll get the jitters. Uh, oh yeah, fireworks! Oh my god, Fourth of July! You know how we do it, uh, in the Northwest. Yeah, boy, yeah. Boom, boom, boom! To toy. yeah, that's oh man, that, that that's 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 horrible now. Yeah, wasn't before then. Um. Mm-hmm. The bad stuff, the shaking, the scratching on the headboard. You talk about the mattress indentations. Yeah. Um, you never get used to that. That's because that's those are physical nope. things happening. I can hear my bed. Yeah. You know, the, the little noise it makes the, the mattress mm-hmm. when it goes down or rise up. You know? Yeah. Something nudges the bed, like bumps it, walking around, you know, like a horseshoe, mm-hmm. walking from this end to that. Um, all of that stuff. Um, I can't tell what I, you know, miss except for the fact of, you know, we were living in a pressure cooker. Yeah. You know, my ears, I mean, this is 2023, are just now starting to let up, not completely stop, let up on the tinnitus. Really? The hearing of the pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still depressurizing, if you will, yeah. spiritually. Of yeah. that house, people don't know that that house. There's something about that specific house. You you you'll find out more yeah. in, in both books, but that house has a story. Mm-hmm. In, in addition to the land, yeah, that house has. A story. It's like many. It's many layers. Many layers. Don't let its youthfulness. Yes. It has mm-hmm. been well lived in turmoil in that house that will supersede an, an older house or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. But on the yeah. surface, like when we saw it on Craigslist and we drove by it the first time, it's mighty, yeah. it's pretty, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got a Ideal. patio, all of that. All mm-hmm. that. And inside, once that door closes, I'm telling you, the walls are alive. Oh. The walls are alive. The floor so, is- so have... Have have you ever knocked on the door of the most recent tenant and get, talk to them? No, I, I, I will not sentence them to. Yeah. Um, because they're going to look over their shoulder if I do that. I don't want to. Yeah. Hey, hey, by the way, you guys, no, we have so many stuff, things missing. Me and Tina, so many things missing. Do I know if they're popping back up in the house? I doubt it. They're probably popping up back in other people's homes, like the things we found. I wonder. But I, yeah. I don't know about Portugal guys, and we got in trouble for it. I got in trouble for it, especially in that house. If I was yeah. to go back and knock on their door and ask, hey, you have anything, anything weird? No. And they said, oh, no, the house is fine or whatever. They know the house is haunted. They, they brought the house yeah. to you. Yeah. But to, to go back and ask them, and they don't know it's fine, and they start doubting, you know, it just yeah. takes one look yeah. on their shoulder. And I know mm-hmm. they're having activity. That has to yeah. always be active. They're having what I call the baseline activity. Things that you can yeah. plug off, like yeah. house noise, things that are disappearing or whatever, whatever, whatever. So what got me yeah. was my IT side. Uh, You saw the book. When I leave her office and my light goes on and I come back off, I know Mm -hmm. I and Tina's on the other side. Exactly. I gotta investigate that. This this is geek. I gotta put a camera in the room. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll keep leaving and wire the lights off. I I check the electrical. I have the power guy come in, so all the wire is fine. Why is my TV off when I come back? I was coming right back. So I put a camera in, and then when I come back and the camera's face this way, then I know, aha, ah. And they, that's all they need, because they're like, oh, he's buying cameras. Oh, he can see us. And when you talk about the operation yep. of the gray lady and the white lady, yes, seeing her, she's seeing me, mm-hmm. turning off the lights, take off, running. But um, so, yeah. Well, I um I'm going to continue to dig into the land because I found three things that are really interesting about it, but I feel like we need to do an addendum conversation because I need to finish the book. And I'm going to tell you because I am a serious researcher, that's how all my books start and finish, but it explains kind of the children, all the different layers you're talking about. Um but the children um, the elementals and um, the ancient native spirits that are like uh, attached to the Simpum tribe that was there before. Like there's just, you're, you're talking about layers of history and they all are culminating in almost like this portal kind of thing in the Bothell house. So you have to promise me that you will come back to Curious Cat for another conversation. Oh yeah, yes. Send me what you found, uh, our research one. Okay. To look at it. 
I will. Yeah, I will. And I just also wanted to say you are a brave, strong human being. I mean, you endured in that house longer than you and Tina, longer than anybody I think ever will. And I just wanted to thank you for coming on Curious Cat today. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for uh, having me. I was glad we uh, connected. And, and yeah, I've, since we're neighbors. Me too. Um, yeah, we're to neighbors. Invite me back if you have a question or get stuck on the book. Uh, I love it. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Your Kendo's rebooting weirdly. Uh, yeah, I know. Now I can't wait. Oh my gosh. I'll just like keep making, I'm going to make notes like you do. <laughs> thanks again. Uh, thanks again. Thank you for listening to Curious Cat. If you enjoy the content, be sure to like and review us on your favorite listening app. Huge thanks to my art director and audio engineer. If you're in need of those services, please find their links in the show notes. This spring, Curious Cat is lacing up their hiking boots. We're venturing into the land of fire and ice, the rumor-riddled Cascade Mountain Range. From Sasquatch to UFOs to remote viewing to bottomless pits to unexplained missing persons, if you have any supernatural experiences from Cascadia, drop us an email. Who knows, you may be a future guest on the show. Look for Cascadia episodes on your Curious Cat feed this spring. Until next time, stay curious. I love you.